You are listening to a Hippily Horror Stories Patreon bonus preview. If you like what you're hearing, stick around to the end to find out how you can get more. Hillbilly Horror Stories, listeners' stories bonus episode. Please welcome to the show, Jerry and Tracy, and you. <laughs> I just moved in my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bells started ringing and chain ran loud. Hey guys, and welcome to the December Listener Stories episode. I know you did not just say that. What did I say? December. It's December, like it or not. Oh, I love it. Okay, so here's the situation, and not from Jersey Shore. Oh, I met him once. I'm I'm aware. (laughs) I've heard that story a lot this weekend. So anyways, I... Got my date screwed up. I somehow thought the first was Monday. Yeah, I know. I did too, actually. And so this this listener story episode is due out today. And it's sitting there at 10 o'clock the night before. And and I went to put up something on Patreon. And the, the date for tomorrow said the first. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I scramble and I put up a post on Facebook to see who can give us some listener stories. Uh-huh. And we stayed up to about 1130 mm-hmm. recording some. We got some awesome ones. We which sure is did. Great. Thank you guys and for coming through. I had a bunch of people write me some stories, but as you can tell, my voice is a little bit shot and we still have to do the regular show tonight. So I'm going to read one of these stories and then the rest of them will be um, the ones we recorded from listeners. Okay. Which I think are pretty cool anyway. So this story, the first one we're going to start off with will be the red story. The red, like R E D, like no, like R E A T. That's the one we're reading. Oh, the red story. Oh, okay. And the rest of them. <laughs> this is from Rachel. She said, after I left my husband and I rented two rooms from a friend. In this house, there was his his room, a roommate's room, my room, my son's room, another couple's room. And their daughter's room. It sounded like he was running a boarding house. Well, heck yeah, that's a Hugo house. (laughs) Hoogie. My son was nine and refused to sleep in his room. Kept telling me that there was something evil in his closet with red eyes. I kept trying to reassure him that everything was okay, but he still refused. So I would have to lay in bed with him until he fell asleep. Many times I fell asleep with him. And so one of the roommates would come in and whisper my name or kiss my forehead to wake me up for me to go to my room. Several times I would let my son sleep in my room and I would sleep in his room to show him that everything was okay. One night I remember I fell asleep and was awoken to what I thought was a kiss on the forehead. I opened my eyes and had red glowing eyes staring right back at me. Holy crud. And a black figure hovering over me. I gasped, but I couldn't move or scream. Next thing I know, it blew in my face, and I was back asleep. So she's in the kids' room now? Yes. Okay. I awoke the next morning and was sicker than a dog, much like me. On the way to the dock, I passed out. 
I woke up four days later in the ICU and had two IVs and a central line. Ended up having pneumonia and a blood infection. I was in the hospital for 15 days. During this time I was in the hospital, my sister went in and did a cleaning and forced whatever entity was out of the house with her witchy ways as she is a witch. After that, my son was not scared to sleep in his room anymore, but needless to say, we moved out a couple of months later. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. (laughs) It is absolutely crazy. So, so I guess whatever that thing was that blew in her face made her have that illness the next day? That's what she's thinking. What the heck? That's awful. I don't think I've ever heard about the story like that. Well, that's why you're always supposed to get a flu shot and an entity shot. (laughs) An entity shot? Yeah. Well, hell, I think you might need to start one of those. I wonder what that would consist of. I don't know. Here's your here's your shot. It's got a little penicillin and sage. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Well, I'm glad they moved out of that place. So the first story that we're going to play for you that we recorded last night is a very touching one. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Jeff from up in Ohio, and yeah. Jeff told us this story back in uh, June, or uh, yeah, I think it was June when we did Bobby Mackey's. And it was so touching. And I've actually been trying to get him on the show for a little bit. And we just kind of missed on when he was available and when we were available. And it just worked out last night that he was one of the people that came on. But mm-hmm. um, these stories are going to tug at your heartstrings. They so. sure will. So let's listen to Jeff real quick. Hey, guys. We got Jeff on from Ohio. And Jeff actually came to our Bobby Mackey show last year. And, well, I guess technically it was still this year. But it was back in June. God, it was that was a hot one, wasn't it, Jeff? <laughs> It was, sir. <laughs> we scheduled this year's in October. We're not going to fall into that trap again. We'll be there. So when you came to the show, if I remember correctly, you bought your wife tickets for, it was like a birthday present or anniversary gift or something like that, wasn't it? It was a Christmas present for Christmas, my wife. Christmas present, awesome. While we were at the show, you told me a story about your mom, very emotional story. And I've actually wanted to get you on to tell this story, and we just misconnected a few times before now. Um, could you tell that story about your, your mother uh, for everybody out there to hear? Sure. Be glad to. I'll give you a little backstory on it. Uh, my mother uh, was diagnosed with lung cancer, and uh, she lingered for six months. The last months were, told, were, were terrible. Uh the day I came home to get dressed to, to go to the funeral, I, I had moved back home to stay with her. Um, my wife informed me that we were expecting. So uh, one was leaving and one was about to come. And I tell everybody that my mom was my best friend and uh, that mom knew I needed a friend. So she sent me one. So uh, we can uh, zoom forward. Uh, probably nine, ten months later, and uh, my son was born healthy, happy, uh, great little f- friend. And uh, I was actually going through the Masonic rites at the time because I had always wanted to become a Shriner. I was born with club feet, and I spent a whole lot of time in a Shriner's hospital in Lexington. So I admired those men, and I kind of wanted to be one. Uh, so I was coming home uh, from a Masonic ritual, 
and uh, just a, a simple dinner. And uh, I was feeling a little low. Uh, I was missing my mom. I was missing my, my best friend. And uh, on the way home, I was stopped at a red light. And there was a song came on the radio, and for some reason, it just really tore me and made me miss my mom. And uh, out loud, I said, you know, Mom, I sure miss you. And uh, I looked up, and the tag in front of me, the license tag said, miss you too. So That story is just heart-wrenching. It's, uh, it, it tells you that they're there. You know, people say, well, they don't, they're not, they're gone. But I don't believe that. Uh, because that was just too much of a coincidence um, for me to see that tag <clears throat> and feeling as down as I was. And, and I just said, you know, Mom, I, I just miss you. I wanted my mom to see my son. And I just said, you know, Mom, I miss you. And look up and the tag right in front of me says, miss you too. And I remember when you told me that story in in the middle of Bobby Mackey's, you kind of broke down right at the end of it. It just, it was so obvious how much that meant to you. Yeah. It's hard. Like I said, my mom was my best friend. And uh, she was, she was really important. And I really wanted my son to, uh, to see my mom and my mom to see him. But uh, that wasn't in the cards. But, uh, I'm I'm convinced she she does see him, so and that convinced me even more. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm pretty sure she's probably around that baby all the time. <laughs> I hope so. That baby's twelve years old. Now, so, <laughs> uh, it's been uh, it's been twelve years, and uh, he's still as happy and healthy as as uh, as the day he was born. And I contribute some of that to to mom being around. There, there was one other thing that happened after he was born. His crib was in the bedroom, which we could see from our living room. And uh, I was talking about my mom, and I looked in, and just, it, it wasn't moving. He had a little mobile over his crib. It started moving. It was an, uh, an electric, battery-powered. It started moving. It started going around. And then it stopped. Hmm. So... I kind of smiled and thought, well, that's another sign. Those, these are the kind of stories that we love hearing when we do these listener stories. So it's yeah. um, to kind of give everybody out there that listens maybe a little bit of hope. It's it's not technically spooky, but uh, but it's it's uh, it's what I needed at the time. Well, definitely not everything paranormal is spooky. I don't think it's meant no. to be that way, and you know that's reassurance is what you look for. And I think little, and you can attest to this, you know, I had my incident obviously with my mother and that changed my entire outlook on life. How did this change your thoughts on either life after death or did it change anything at all? Did it give you some type of relief that there is something in the afterworld or assurance? How did it affect you? It it sure uh, made me, uh, look forward to seeing my mother again but again after my our father passed our father passed about 10 years before my mom and again dad was very sudden mom was a lingering uh death i don't know if i prefer one over the other but 
dad was really sudden congestive heart failure. They said he was going to make it through the night and he made it through the night, but he didn't make it through much of the next day. Very sudden. And we were with him when he passed. So it was the first family member father like that, that we had lost as a family. And, you know, we were just kind of zombified there for a little while. We were just kind of all walking around in a haze. And I was scheduled to go into work that that one evening, about a week or two weeks after he had passed. And I I told my mom, again, I moved back home with my mother so she could help her through my dad's passing. And I had to go to work that night. I said, Mom, I'm going to run upstairs and I'm going to take a nap. And I'll come down and I'll, I'll go to work around 10 o'clock. As clear as a bell, Jerry, I had a dream. Dad walking in the front door. And I was standing at the top of the stairs and I seen him walk in. And Mom was standing there shocked. And my sister. And he said, you guys need to quit worrying about this. I'm okay. And Jerry, when I woke up, it was like a burden had been released. It was like, you know, I went down and told my mom. I said, look, dad came to me. He's okay. We need to we need to get on with what we need to get on. And now I'm sure that was our father coming to us saying, I'm okay. You guys need to just go on and, and I'll see you again. Well, you just got one heart-wrenching story after the other. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I have a spooky one for you if you want time for it. I definitely got time because you. I think you were giving me a little uh, precursor. It's uh, got to do with uh, one of our favorite spots out in the uh, Gatlinburg area, correct? We we love Gatlinburg. We go to Gatlinburg every fall. Uh, actually, my brother bought some cabins down there, and uh, he's setting up rental property. And, and so our family has always enjoyed Gatlinburg. One year we decided we're going to go down and he told us about a restaurant and I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was up on the top of a hill. Very fancy. Had to have reservations. So my wife and I were out goofing around and so we had to go back and clean up and look presentable and go to this nice big restaurant. So we went up. I think we had our little dog with us. Uh, We made sure the dog was put away and uh, we got in. I drove a Jeep at the time. We got in my Jeep, and it was, you know, as you know, Gatlinburg, Smoky Mountains. It gets very foggy uh, in the evenings. <clears throat> we're going down the mountain. Uh, we had a rental cabin. We were going down the mountain, windy roads. And I turned onto this windy road, and, Jerry, there was a, there was a boy standing in the road. High school jackets. I'm 55. You know, I remember the high school jackets with the leather sleeves. Yeah, the varsity jackets. Yeah, exactly. And there was a boy standing in the road with one of those on. And I kind of jerked the wheel. But as quick as my lights hit him, it was like the fog just kind of rolled and he was gone. My wife said, you know, are you okay? What what happened? I said, you didn't see that? I said, see what? I said, you didn't see the I thought I was joking. I said, what boy? Well, make a long story short. Uh, over dinner, we, I told her, I said, there, there was a guy who had his shoulders humped over. He had his back to us like he was cold. And when the lights hit him, when I turned, he wasn't there. 
the next day, as we're going down the mountains, we found the spot, and the wife looked out the window, and as they do in Southern tradition, there's a cross by the side of the road. And I stopped, and she wrote down the name uh, of the person on the, on the cross. When we got home, she jumped on the Internet, and uh, lo and behold, it was a young boy, a high school-age boy, whose car had went off the road, and he died. Wow. So, he was there, Jerry. <laughs> he was there as clear as a day to me. And then, like I said, when the headlights hit him, he wasn't there anymore. Very cool. Did it, did it have a picture of the boy or anything in the uh, uh, internet searches to be able to compare what you saw? Yeah, I don't recall if it did or not. But uh, the story, it was a it was a small story, so I, I don't think it had a picture. Oh, I got gotcha. you. But the story was, you know, that uh, this kid, and I, I can't remember his name, but it was the name of a local high school because that was something else we commented on was, hey, there's a, there's a high school up here named that too. But he had been out late and uh, I guess took the turn too fast and the car went off the road and rolled and, and he died. Sad. Yeah, I guess that's another depressing one for you. <laughs> well, it's creepy, though. The very three very awesome stories, though. I will give you that. I've rarely, we've rarely had a listener come on and tell three stories that were all three as compelling as those. So, well, thank you. Appreciate it. Jeff, I appreciate Jerry, we it. Love, what? We love your show. We love your show. Uh, we love to get in bed and turn it on, and my son crawls in bed with us, and we all three sit and listen to the spooky stories, and we've just fell in love with you and Tracy. Um, anything you we can ever do to help you, you let us know. Brother, we appreciate it, and, and uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Bobby Mackey's, and who knows, maybe you guys will show up at the uh, Pigeon Ford show we do. Uh, I, I would love to do that. We'll definitely see you at uh, Bobby Mackey's, and uh, I'll look and see when the Pigeon Ford show is, and we'll yeah, certainly come on down. That one's in the summer. I think it's uh, June or July. I can't remember which month, but it's like in the middle of the summer. So, Okay. Well, we'll certainly be there. All right, brother. We appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Now, how cool a story is that, that you're sitting there thinking that you missed your mom mm-hmm. and you look up and there's a license plate that says miss you too. Oh my gosh. I would have totally lost it. I'd have had to pull off the side of the road. And I know for a true skeptic, they'll, they'll look at that and say, well, I mean, it was just a coincidence. Yeah, it was cool, but it no, was just I a coincidence. No, I don't believe that for a second. And, and I think there are coincidences, but who's to say those coincidences aren't kind of forced to happen from, yeah. you know, maybe that's what a coincidence is to begin with. Right. And I think it's amazing. So. Anyway, thanks, Jeff, for coming on and sharing that. We, Like I said, that's that was one that I knew people would really enjoy. Yeah, and then I didn't even know story. the story about his father and then, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, so there was, you know, and the story about the Gatlinburg. That's really yeah, cool. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, thank you for pouring your heart out there and sharing that to us. Yeah. And if any of you guys come to the Gatlinburg show or the Pitch and Forge show, you'll probably get a chance to meet Jeff in person. Yeah, really, that'd be his, great. Him and his wife are wonderful people. Okay. So this next one. This is Leslie Fear. You've heard Leslie a couple times. She's been on uh, 
one of the Patreon shows, she actually did uh, some shorts, filled in for Tracy one time and did a short with us. Thank you, Ninja. He's a big fan of Leslie's. Yeah, yes, he, loves, he is. loves paranormal romance. He does. But uh, Leslie saw this. She is very quick. She's offered to come and help anytime that you can't mm-hmm. be here to do some of the shorts. And she's, you know, um, came up with this idea for the fear of the week thing that we're going to be doing. We talk a little bit during the interview and she's got a great personality. So she every, sure does. everybody loved the episode she was on mm-hmm. that Wednesday a couple of weeks ago. So it's going to be a fun addition. But she reached out and said, hey, I've got some more stories. And uh, she shared a couple with us. So here's Leslie. All right. So we've got uh, I had one of those freaky situations where for some reason I forgot the date and now I'm scrambling on a Saturday night to get a listener stories episode together for tomorrow for all you great Patreon listeners. So I put out a little something on Facebook and Leslie fear reached out very nicely and said, Hey, I've got some more stories and I'm available. Luckily she's an hour behind us. So she wouldn't in bed yet. Like most people her age would have been, but <laughs> with it being, with it being only 8.30 her time, she reached out. Thanks, Leslie, for coming on in a pinch. You know, I realized, I didn't realize it was uh, that late for you. Dang. <laughs> That's a wonder yeah. we're still up, honey. Yeah, ain't that, well, trust me, we're <laughs> we're both sick and ready to go to bed. We've already been to Louisville, which is about an hour and 20 minute drive for us in the rain. And uh, it's not been one of those days where you just, you wanted to just curl up and go to sleep all day and. But we, we never do anyway, so, so. Yeah, that's it's only wishful thinking. Yeah, that's yeah, not fun. But no. It's, well, no. Well, we're excited to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Tracy. You know, you were so popular. Everybody loves you. We all love Jerry, but man, you're just, you were the best. <laughs> we just, dang, Aww. girl, we love you so much. Aw, that means so much to me, you guys. It really does. Well, I appreciate and we're so you glad you're so. good and everything went well and, and you're back with us and you sound wonderful so that's oh, that's thanks. all we wanted that's all we wanted woohoo woohoo girl well, Le- leslie leslie <laughs> this will be a good little precursor to what we will be doing on the show yes because you've agreed to come on on the wednesday shows and do like a little five six minute deal to where you're going to do the uh fear of the week by author leslie fear oh, awesome i know and so everybody's starting to get to know you because you've been on one of these shorts already and you've done uh an episode of of uh, the regular episode now, so it's kind of cool. I'm I'm ready, and I, I tell you what, I'm so excited, and thank you for taking me on. I'm telling you, this is great. I you know it, it's it's fun to talk about stories and things that happen to you, whether it's recent or or you know something that happened in the past. So um, it's it's just fun to talk about, and let's let's do this. All right. Well, you said you had a story that happened in your childhood. I do. And it's creepy. It's really creepy. Well, we'll so, be the judge of that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I, um, even though I live in Dallas-Fort Worth area now, I grew up in Topeka, Kansas. And I think you guys in Kentucky, you guys have basements, correct? Right? Yes. Some places do. We don't. Okay. Well, in, in Kansas, everybody's got a basement. You know, the dorky thing. Because it's tornadoes. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we have basements. And this is probably maybe our fifth or sixth house. My parents moved a lot. I don't even want to go there. We won't go there. But anyway, well, when we moved into this particular house, there were there were two bedrooms on the regular level and there were two bedrooms below in the basement. I was the youngest of four 
kids and my parents decided to put me in the downstairs basement. Thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> so I was uh-huh. probably maybe six, seven-ish. So you have anything to say about that, Jerry, before I keep going? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he doesn't even care, Tracy. I'll, I'll slap him upside the head in a minute for you. <laughs> he doesn't even want to know anything else. Okay, so. I anyway, do. Well, my, my parents. <laughs> so my dad bought this um, BB gun. And he decided to bring it downstairs for whatever reason, because it was kind of like a rec room. Like I said, there was like a air, you know, a, a rec room where you could put a pool table and mm-hmm. whatever else. Because I had two brothers, and they would shoot the BB guns at the wall, at a dartboard, or that's really not the meaning of the story. I'm just trying to give you a little background. Anyway, so. <laughs> They had, so my brother shared a room and I had my own room, but my door did not have a handle on it. Like didn't have a door handle. It was just a plain wooden door. Uh So that was already scary to a six or seven year old girl. And neither did my closet. I'm sleeping and it's dead dark. It's like no light. The no night light. Why'd you have a night light? Nada. So I'm sleeping. I did have those little, you know, those little windows that were like in the upper part of your Oh, the basement. block, yeah. the yeah, block glass, the, yeah. Yeah, and they had the little thing that went out, the little thing that kind of encased it. I don't even know what that is, but it's not like we had like upper lighting on your houses that you have now. It was just pure dark. So I wake up one night and I have to use the restroom. I have to go upstairs because there's no restroom downstairs. So I have to go upstairs and I go to the door to open the door and I, I can't find the door handle or because it's not there obviously but I can't get the door open and I'm trying and I'm trying and so I finally get it open and I walk into a wall and something tells me you're not going anywhere I hear those words I am not kidding you a six year old the little girl here is you're not going anywhere. And I start to Damn. panic. Yeah. And I, I mean, I start to panic. And so I'm then you, like, you went ahead and peed your pants. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to go to the bathroom anymore. <laughs> I mean, I am like, you know, looking back on it now, it kind of gives me, uh, you know, obviously I'm getting chills, but it, it's just crazy because I'm like, what the heck? And so I'm like trying to find anything on the wall or anything to try to find somewhere out and I can't get out I can't get out I can't get out and I'm I'm you know that whole mind thing where you're <laughs> you see somebody doing the wall thing and they can't find out and it's like that oh. and I'm just a little girl and there's there's just nothing and when you hear you you're not going anywhere um that'll freak you out even if you're an adult oh, well that yeah oh yeah that freaks me out just hearing it oh and and I start crying and I'm crying kind of loudly, but I keep going and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm trying, like I said, I'm trying to reach, I'm turning, I'm doing all these things and I just, I just can't, I just can't find a way out. And it's, it's really starting to to get to me because, you know, as a a child, you know, it's almost like you're claustrophobic after a while. You're like, I I, I can't find anything. So anyway, long story short, maybe I shouldn't make it a long story short, but what happened was. (laughs) So I don't think you've got that ability. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. And he means he means you're just a good storyteller. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so I so I'm sitting there and I'm like screaming at this point. I'm like, I want out. You let me out and you let me out. And I hear this. <sighs> so I open the door and I feel this cool breeze, but I, I still can't get out. So I go back the wow. way I came in and I was in the closet the whole time. What? Yes. I was in my closet the whole time. Oh, bless your heart. That's why. It was black. I didn't know. I thought that was the way out, but I, I swear. Oh. Yeah. And I was in the closet the whole time. And finally, you know, I just turned around and got out um, and got back into my room, but I still couldn't find my door because it's so darn dark. And finally, I find the door um, and I was able to open it you know through the little hole but scared the holy crap out of me and I told my parents about it and they're like oh you're fine it's fine we'll put a door handle on it's no big deal get over it you know (laughs) and they didn't think anything about it and I'm like you don't understand now I'm six years old or seven whatever it was and you can't explain that to your parents because you know they've got four three other kids they don't they don't care <laughs> they're just I trying know, but right. why why wouldn't they put the older kid downstairs i don't i don't even know um i have a theory and we'll get into that maybe later um but um yeah it was bad and my brothers it was so funny because i asked my brothers later i said did you not hear me screaming because they were still mm-hmm. they were in the basement just down a little ways from me and they were like right we didn't hear anything we heard nothing and i literally and i heard those words and i told my parents that and they're like oh you're fine you didn't hear that it was your imaginary friend i'm like i don't have any imaginary friends i never had that so you know (laughs) i say that that would have freaked me out so bad yeah but but but, you know but i was struggling and i was freaking out and the entire time I was in my closet but I remember hearing you know those words and I remember hearing yeah you know that sigh and it was almost like and I but I ran the other way because I wanted to get away from it and I ran the other way and got out of that room out of that closet right and it scared me to death that would be yeah that would be very traumatizing especially you know somebody your age shoot (laughs) but yeah i'm telling you it scared me to death and you know like i said to this day they're they're just like whatever you know yeah (laughs) i mean don't get me wrong that sounds terrible to say about your own parents and and i don't really have yeah i don't really have a relationship with my father but um and that's a whole different situation and it's fine and whatever but i will never ever ever forget that that traumatized me to no end (laughs) oh i'm sure well it probably made you a better writer though yeah, you that's know, true. It, Maybe it was, you know. It did. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, Jerry, because after that point, um, when I got a little older and probably around nine, ten-ish, I started reading um, not the Goosebumps series because that was a little before, that was a little after my, when I was a little older, but it, there, was, there was another series and I cannot remember the name of it. I'll have to look it, look it up. But I was very interested in Paranormal. I was very interested in it, and it really piqued my interest, this whole thing that happened to me. And something helped me. I I have to think of it as a positive, uh, as somebody Uh sighing and making me go the other way. Uh And it might have just been me being frightened because I was a kid or, you know, whatever. But it really made me, 
interested in, wait a minute, what else is out there? You know, what's going on? Yeah. Tracy, we're so glad to have you back. All of us, I'm telling you, are so happy to have Thank you, you. Um, healthy and, and back with us and, and doing well. well I appreciate and, it. No, it's it's the truth. And you know what? Your husband is a sweetheart. He he took good care of you from what I understand. He, he always takes good care of me. I swear I'm the luckiest woman in this world. Oh, that's so I sweet. I do. I feel that way. It's like a Hallmark yeah, movie he's... all over again. Isn't it though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for well, your sweet words, honey. As long as it's not a Lifetime movie, we're good. Oh, yeah. yeah, or what's that? Or Snapped. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like Mayberry. It's Mayberry. Yeah, and Mayberry, yes. uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you know. Well, thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate it. Well, it's so good to talk to you. I haven't had a chance to really um, tell you, you know, how much we all love you. And, and it's just it's it's just the truth. It just is. So. Oh, I love you guys too. Yeah. Well, Leslie, thanks for telling us a story on such short notice. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, yes. Please. We'll oh, be well, hearing you... from you a lot more in the future. Well, you're very welcome. And I hope I didn't give anybody nightmares. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon, babe. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye, honey. Good Bye. to talk to you. You too. So, absolutely love Leslie. She's so funny. Yeah. She's very sweet. And she's become like really close. I know you, that this is the first time you've talked to Leslie. Mm-hmm. I talked to Leslie almost daily and a half for probably the last three weeks. Primarily just trying to decide how we wanted this new little segment to go and mm-hmm. and make it as good as it could possibly be. And like she's a very talented writer, so she's going to do a great job. And uh, she's a good storyteller, so you could tell she's going to knock this out of the park. Yeah, and I appreciate her stepping in and taking over when I was MIA. I don't know what the problem was. I was probably sick, so <laughs> uh, story of my life. But anyway, we appreciate her and everything, so. The last story we've got, also a repeat, uh, as far as being on the show, Angela Boley. We had her on a while back. She's the um, psychic artist, Mm -hmm. so she draws pictures of stuff that she sees that are paranormal related. When Uh she sees an entity, she draws a picture of it, and she's got a haunted object that she wanted to talk to us about. Mm -hmm. And we'll do some more stuff with Angela in the future, because she's got a lot of uh, cool stories. Matter of fact, we'll probably have her on the regular show in a couple of weeks when she's going to tell us a little bit about the Bel Air house. We did a story on that a while back, but the whole city there has a bunch of um, true crime stories and stuff all associated with it. It's mm-hmm. almost like it's a cursed town. Oh, gosh. And she's going to come on and tell us a lot about that little city in a oh, couple all right. weeks. Can't wait. But for right now, she's going to tell us about her haunted doll. Okay. So we have a uh, previous guest on the show. This is uh, Angela Bully. Angela was on the regular show. A little while back where she talked about um, she's a psychic artist. So she used to paint some of the images that she would see when she would be, you know, doing an investigation in a house or just happened to be in a house that had a spirit. She would paint what she saw in the spirits. Thanks for coming back on with us, Angela, because you have a story of a haunted artifact that you now own. Yes, I do. In fact, I purchased it near the Bel Air house when I was staying there for a couple of nights from another collector who runs a haunted museum. And I was very curious about it. I bought it with the intention of trying to understand what it's like to have a haunted object in my home, research purposes for whenever I go and do investigations to help me determine whether or not a place is haunted versus a haunted object. But it was a very aggressive spirit. The first time I got it, this looks like a very innocuous looking doll. It's kind of cute. 
It's believed to be a reproduction Kessler doll, so it's designed to be very cute. It um, has a German influence, and Kessler was very popular back in the 1800s for realistic wooden dolls. It has got a little bonnet, and it's got a little uh, dress on. It's very cute. However, when I, I picked it up, the very first thing that I experienced was a sensation of pressure on my throat. It literally felt like something was squeezing my throat, and I could feel that this thing was aggressive, so I immediately put it down, and I said, no, you can't do this to me. When I went to take it home, I actually put it next to my cell phone, and my cell phone would not work to the doll. It would actually was producing static interference on my cell phone, which I've never had before. I couldn't get anything to work with my phone. And so I took the doll from the front seat and moved it all the way to the back of the car, and then the phone was working fine, and I could you know, go home at that point. When I got it home, and I was tired the next day, I set the doll up on the shelf, and I woke up, and there was an apparition standing over me, but I mean, this was a floating head, and it was just the top half of a skull that was very gray and dirty looking and had long black floating hair. It looked really aggressive, and it had a very aggressive presence. It was almost, I would say, very menacing. I told it to get out, and I actually grabbed the doll, and I set it outside on my back balcony for a while, and told her to stay outside, and I even have some blessed salt with me, and I actually put a little barrier so that it couldn't get back in. It was hanging out outside. But later on, I went back outside to just take a look at the doll, and I sat down in the chair, and I think, well, this thing is can't be all that aggressive now. I'll just put blessed salt around it, and I'll be fine. So I did that, and I'm on the table. I put a little bit of ring of blessed salt around it, and I fell asleep in the chair on the back balcony, and then when I woke up, I was covered in bite marks from my neck down to my waist, completely covered in bite marks. And they were bloody and they were raw, but I didn't feel anything biting me while I was sleeping there. Um, then at night, the first time I had it in the house, I had horrific nightmares. It was just unbelievably violent, and the same entity was appearing in my nightmares that I had saw earlier, the same apparition. It was extremely aggressive. It had a overwhelming depression that came with it, and it, the dreams kept progressively getting more and more violent. It had images of a train wreck of some kind, a lot of uh, um, bodies, body parts everywhere, fire crazy violence and then i looked at the apparition in my dream and said i love you i love i only have love and it was like it, it didn't have any power anymore and it didn't know what to do <laughs> and it, it kind of backed off and then i woke up from that thinking well i don't want to have these nightmares anymore what am i going to do with this so i resolved to store it outside storage with the ring of salt around it for a while and I started to take it out of the board, started looking at it more recently, more closely, getting the history of this doll. It just, it just gives me the impression, and I get the name off of it, uh, um, Olivia was the name I was getting with it. And it, I just had the impression that maybe the person that had the doll had 
may have been witness to their family being in a fatality situation, perhaps a train wreck as it was in the dream, uh, something of that nature. And then being the lone survivor, traumatized, ended up in a mental institution, but this would have been back in the 30s and, you know, quality of mental health care at that time was non-existent. These were just another, you know, essentially torture institutions. So you just added more suffering to this person. And I thought maybe this was just some sort of what they call a topa. It's a, it's a thought form. It's this person's negativity, this person's suffering that is it's taken its own personality attack. But the only response that I get back when I use EVPs with this, if I'm praying or saying something holy, like I'm saying St. Michael's Prayer, it'll start growling. It'll start saying things like dirty, foul, um, but say some very nasty things about you know, any responses to the words Jesus, St. Michael, Mary, and so forth. So I'm getting more of the person that is more demonic in nature. And I did further test. Somebody had mentioned that some of these stains look like blood. And I was looking at them, and I think these are coffee stains. I don't think this is blood stains. Um, this doll, I'm believing it's from the 30s. So I know it's old. That's about all I know. And the stains on it um, may well just be coffee. I can't imagine them ever being blood. But I am a deer hunter, and I do have access to luminol, which you use luminol at low light conditions to track a deer that's been hit so you can track the blood. So I had the luminol. I did a luminol test first. I had nothing. I saw nothing. Nothing came out of it. But I waited longer and longer to let that mixture soak in and start to mix with whatever is on the doll. Here, there are several small stains that actually tested positive for blood. And the large stains on the side, they're something else. They're not blood, but there are many splattering of blood. According to the luminal test, that is all over this doll, over the head, all over the top of the dress in the center that are like high speed like it was just sprayed on there either from like somebody had a bloody nose and sneeze or like maybe from a bullet and you know blood traveling through a body creates a blood spray um, i know this from deer hunting i've seen all sorts of type of blood spray from both bullet and from an arrow anything high speed generates a kind of a spray a spatter effect if you will so I'm not sure how that blood got on there, but it's still an extremely aggressive spirit. I can't have it in the room for very long with myself, or it drains my energy. I can feel it draining my life force, and I start to get very lightheaded and tired, and I have to go and run and put it in the car, shut the door, come back, and go all right again. It has been manifesting when it's left alone overnight. These smaller blood stains produce a black powder that appears to be old, dried, black blood. Because when blood ages, it tends to get darker and it looks almost black. It becomes a little clotted and powdery, and this is what it looks like. It actually produces more of it when it's left alone. I still have nightmares from it every once in a while if I've had it in my... Um, presence at some point even when it's at work i will sometimes have nightmares about it trying to reach out to me um, but i'm able to make it back down and it now it seems like we have a an understanding but it is very aggressive it's 
incredibly demonic. At one point, um, while I was at work, and I had it sitting at work, because I feel that's a safer place to store it, actually came up across on the EVP, choke heart, and I felt something grab my chest and reach into my chest and grab my heart, and it felt like something squeezing my heart. And I said, no, you are not allowed to touch me or do this. And then it backed off and it stopped immediately as soon as I finished saying that. Uh, so Olivia is the name of the entity, I feel, but it, it seems more demonic. It does not seem like something that's left over from somebody. It seems to be its own entity. So have you had an opportunity to paint what this entity looks like? I have not, but I plan to do it shortly this weekend um, because it is very startling to look at. And you can see I'm going to be posting it once I do paint it. And you can see what I've been dealing with. It is very startling to look at because it's just the top half of a skull that looks gray, uh, dirty, and has uh, kind of a glow in the eye sockets. And then the hair is just black and wavy floats in the air. It's very disturbing. Well, I can't wait to see the picture. Make sure you send it to us when you get it on uh, canvas. Absolutely. Now, with it um, having a little bit of blood spatter, kind of puts me in a, in a tough situation because we in the, in the Catholic faith, which you probably are familiar with, and we have to be careful about human dignity, and that would mean if this is human blood, it would probably at some point have to be buried in sacred ground um, just to just to give it but i don't know at this point because it, it's a valuable research tool to me it's taught me a lot about haunted objects and how they might affect somebody but at the same time i want to also make sure it doesn't hurt anybody else too understandable Angela, thank you for coming on on such short notice and telling us a story. Absolutely. I was glad to do so. So what do you make of that? So she's got this haunted doll. She's having to put it outside, put salt or blessed salt around it. <laughs> she's having nightmares and waking up with bite marks on her neck. That is ridiculous. Like <laughs> beyond scary. Yeah, it's a pretty freaky story. I guess the salt didn't protect it then. You no. think? Or did that bite? Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't... It, it amazes me still when we talk about why does sage keep a spirit away? Why, yeah, does, why does salt, salt keep... I mean, and I know it's all got to do with biblical stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, for the most part, the salt thing is a biblical thing. And oils and stuff. I just don't understand why a spirit could do all this stuff. But if there's some olive oil there, oh, I can't get past it. Or if there's some salt. Yeah, that is it's just, it, To me, it's just strange. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, it all sounds delicious. It does sound But it. I don't see how it would keep anything away. Quit wasting my salt. Yeah, a little salt, sage, olive oil. I mean, hey. you got a nice little Italian dinner. There you go. So. Get you some bread, dip it in there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a perfect <laughs> dip for some Italian bread. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, thank you so much for bearing through my scratchy voice. Yeah. You'll probably have to bear through it again tonight, but I'll do everything I can to... Get it good for a good 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, we appreciate it. Because we've got a cool story on uh, the Yeti tonight the, for you. The a lot Getty of spaghetti. Yeah. And we're not talking about the coolers either. Oh, no. no but they the are cups. nice. They are nice. But the Walmart cups for $9 are just as good as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, just saying. Anyways. So anyway. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you and we'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Hey guys, if you like what you just heard, 
We do six of those small bonus episodes every single week. We also do two full-length bonus episodes every month. We do a listener stories episode and then a story that's just like the ones you would typically hear on the regular feed. If you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com and look up Hillbilly Horror Stories or go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com and there's a direct link right there. Thank you guys so much for what you do for us.